2: Hi and welcome to Scott Talks. My name is Scott Slaughter and I am the co-host and executive producer of the Only One in the Room podcast. This episode is a short follow-up to yesterday's interview with Seth Ferranti. Seth told us about how he was a drug-dealing teen, sold LSD and marijuana to at least 15 colleges across the Mid-Atlantic, with his primary goal of becoming a cash millionaire by the time he was 20. I'm not sure how close he got to that. But by the time Seth was 22, he was on the U.S. Marshals' Most Wanted list. He was being pursued. We have to remember it was the time of uh, war on drugs and just say no. So these these types of activities were seen as major violations of the law. Seth served a 21-year sentence out of 25. And during his time in prison, he uh, he got to work. He got three degrees. He wrote 22 books. He came out with a plan. And we talk a lot about that and his experience and how it changed him. He actually says, prison changed me, man. And uh, he goes on to explain why. We also found out that quite possibly, more than likely, he was selling drugs at places where I was buying drugs in the 90s. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy this really wonderful interview with a very honest and, uh, and energetic man. If you enjoy the story uh, and the conversation between Seth and I, you can tune into yesterday's episode. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the show. Thanks. This is Seth Ferrante we're talking with and uh, Seth is a filmmaker, a writer. He did twenty-one years in federal prison. Where were you in prison?
1: Mostly East Coast. Like I was SCI at Manchester in Kentucky, SCI Beckley in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, SCI Loretto, SCI Fort Dix.
2: They moved yeah, they you around. Move you around.
1: Yeah, yeah. The feds, the feds move you around. So I did like eight different federal prisons in twenty-one years.
2: All right. So as you were telling your story, I was revisiting because I'm I'm about your age. I'm fifty-three. I was living in Richmond, Virginia. And I used to love the Grateful Dead, and all my friends were were deadheads, and we loved to smoke weed and take microdot, and it was kind of our gig for many years. And drinking, so we were on that soft side of, of recreational drug re- use. And I, I kept thinking maybe I came across this cat at some point, <laughs> or did did some drugs that he sold. I don't uh, know.
1: <laughs> no, I used to uh, I used to actually I used to take stuff down to like you know James Madison. Oh, yeah. uh, And I hung out at v- G- VCU.
2: That's where I went to college. VCU, yeah.
1: Radford, and oh my God, uh, Virginia yeah. Tech were like really huge markets. Yeah, I, I hit all the Virginia colleges.
2: We must have crossed paths at some point. <laughs> the other thing is, so so you get busted uh, a little bit later, and you fake your death in Great Falls, which I used to go kayaking in the same area of the, the rapids that you were talking about faking your death in. It was so surreal to hear you tell that story. And uh, honestly, you're a really wonderful storyteller. I just wanted to let you know that, like, you captured me. He took me back to a place I hadn't been before, and those rapids are pretty serious. So I could, I could see how you could stand above Great Falls, thinking this will look great, you know. Um, yeah. But you were on the wrong side of the dam. Just the wrong side, <laughs> wrong side of the dam. It was the only. That foul might be point. that
1: might be my biggest regret. Uh, okay, I was thinking, yeah, I
2: was thinking, yeah. he was probably
0: sat there in prison of nights on the
1: wrong side of the dam. Yeah. I thought I was so smart. <laughs> I thought I was so smart. I was like, how did I miss this one detail?
0: We're going to take just a quick break to tell you about a cool new product that Scott and I discovered, and we'll get back to our guest's amazing Only One Story in just a minute
1: That's
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Now, here's the thing. Like, I see three degrees earned in prison, 22 books written. I mean, you had a, a melting pot of stories to draw from and characters to pull from while you were in prison. You end up writing for Vice, which is one of my favorite sort of independent journalism sources, I think, to today. And you were writing with them back in the back before anybody knew who they were, what voice they had. I mean – Do you think that your life would be what it is if that, if you hadn't made that mistake? Do you think it was a mistake? Do you think that? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't hear a lot of faith because there's a lot of drive in you. There's a lot of like, I'm going to take whatever's given to me and I'm going to turn it into my own thing. But that moment, do you think your life would be where it is if, if that hadn't happened, if you hadn't faked your death the wrong way?
1: I don't know, man. I don't put a lot of thought on that. You know, when I started selling drugs, by the time I figured out I could make money when I was probably like about 18 or 19, I was like, my goal was to become a cash millionaire. You know, so we're talking like 1990. Like I wanted to be a cash millionaire, you know, and and I got busted. That never happened. You know, I, I didn't get to that point. You know, I probably had a couple hundred grand, but uh, I never got to that goal. Yeah, just going into prison, I, I just had to to change it up. So yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not going to say I never thought about that. Like what would life have been? But you know, I never gave it a lot of thought. You know, I mean, I'm sure. I would have fell on my feet, and uh, you know, I would have been something, you know, some type of business or, or whatever, because I was pretty money motivated, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was a good networker, and I've always been good at kind of being the captain of the ship or, or running projects. I don't know. I, I think prison changed me a lot, man, because I think before, I mean, I was really like upper middle class suburban kid. I, I was like, I was probably a little spoiled brat. You know, I was, I was, I was a little spoiled brat. You know, I, I was super entitled. I really didn't think about how stuff affected other people. Okay. You know, and especially other races. You know, I just believed like whatever the media said. Mm. You know, so going through that whole experience, you know, when I went to federal prison, man, I went to FCI Manchester in Kentucky and I walked in that prison and it was like 75% African American. So, you know, it, it was like crazy. Like, I, I mean, when I had to go in and I had to think like, like, what is this? Like, how is right. prison 75% African-American and African-Americans are only like, whatever, 13% 15% of the population. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, this is crazy. So, and you read all the papers and the media and, and especially at that time it was like, you know, like the, the big thing, like the young black male trying to make, you know, like people rock to the other side of the street. You know, and I'm in there with these guys and yeah, I mean, there's some gangsters, but I don't care whatever race. There's some gangsters. There's some hardcore dudes in every race. I don't care what race you are. Irish, Italian, you know, Jewish. You know, there's going to be some hardcore dudes, but most of these dudes, I mean, they were just regular dudes like me. You know, I used to get comic books sent in and sci fi books, and a lot of these black dudes, they'd want to read my comic books and and sci fi books. So, I mean, they were just regular American kids like me, you know. So, I, I think that's the biggest thing that kind of changed me and impacted me was seeing like, Okay, yeah, this is our country, and we talk about all this stuff. But why do we treat a certain group of people or certain groups of people this way because of the color of their skin? So that that was like the really that was kind of like I don't want to say my epiphany or my eye opener, but that really made me kind of start looking at stuff in different ways, and, and has really you know changed me and, and, and made me who I am today. So I don't I don't think I, I would change that at all. I always equate it to like. You know, when you're out here, like you're in the matrix, when you're in federal prison or something or, or prison, like you're like in that underbelly, like all those people that aren't in the matrix and they're like hiding out, trying to survive. And you just start seeing stuff like a totally different way. And you start seeing, you know, like the, the, the propaganda and the, and the lies and, and how our country, you know, just, oh no, it's like this. No, it's not like that you know what i'm saying i'm not saying people in this country don't have a good life we have good lives and we have lots of opportunity but you know really going to federal prison showed me that that stuff is not fair and it showed me too that even though i was in prison my skin color was still an advantage even in prison because most of the guards were white
2: dude that's amazing i mean you're like a you're like a double agent like you you know there are a lot of people in this world that wouldn't wouldn't believe that there's a systemic aspect to The prison systems, and you go, yeah, you go in and you see this thing and question it in this objective way. To our whole society, look,
1: I still, I live in Missouri, right? You know, half the time, so I spend half the time, and I I know some good people here. I mean, they're good, you know, working class, upstanding people, but like they were brought up with this certain mindset, especially when it comes to race. And I got to argue with these people sometimes because they say stuff, and it's not like overtly racist stuff, but they just make like generalized comments you know, and I got to tell people, I'm like, man, you got to look at what you just said, man.
2: That's awesome.
1: We're all people, you know, and that's what I really, I think prison, the biggest thing prison gave to me because when they strip you down of all the money, they strip you down of all the clothes, all the material goods, they strip you down of where you're from and they put you in there and they put you in those khakis. We're all the same. You know, we're all people. We don't have nothing else. You know, our family's not there. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have guns and stuff, even though, you know, you still do have weapons, but, uh, It just really kind of shows you that people are people, man. You got to take people, and in there in prison, that's what they say. They say in prison, they say the only thing you got is your word and your balls, because everything else is stripped away. So it's it's down: is your word good, and then will you fight? Mm. That's the only two things that matter.
2: I grew up middle class white boy, you know, and I can now I see you survive. I think what y'all like avoid you know like the biggest fear you know like i could live through this and have to spend 20 years in prison and now you've come out with this drive and this reflection and this uh, ability to tell stories and to see a system this flawed and willing to ally with people and uh it's great i I hope you guys uh, get to check out white boy on netflix and i hope you keep doing the work i'm gonna really pay special attention to the work you do because of this interview all right thank you yes thank you so much for coming
0: Thank you so much for listening. The Only One in the Room is produced by the creative genius that is Scott Slaughter and edited by the uber-talented polymath Christina Barsi and her team at Avon House Productions. Hey, you're still listening? Good. Please subscribe right now while you're thinking about it, quick, before you forget. And be sure to like and leave us a review of the show. Want to connect with some other Only One listeners? Be sure to join our private Only One in the Room Facebook group or check out patreon on our website for exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else and do you have an only one in the room story that you'd like to share please send it to the only one pod